you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The Around the NFL Podcast. Joined Pinterest because of Jay Cutler's wife. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes. Christopher Wessling to my left. Greg Rosenthal to my right. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. What's happening? What is happening? A lot of ca- cavalry heat on the podcast lately. Uh, Damashek's still sour uh, <laughs> about... You know, he had a one-for-six showing in uh, Thursday, Friday's edition of Win West's Toaster. You can check it out on the podcast or on NFL Now, where we have video of the entire episode up. Uh, he was particularly upset with the question in which I asked, which product does Dick Butkus and Kristen Cavallari, uh, do they, are they uh, you know selling in the NFL Network commercial that just runs constantly, which is Pinterest? Uh, Dave said that's not football. I don't, I don't have to know that. That was one of several things he complained about, the other being that you would dare to ask a question about a stadium name. It's one yes. of several things he didn't know as well. <laughs> didn't really he didn't know, know five him. things. I And I was I was thinking about this because uh, Dave said he, he caught a ton of heat on Twitter over the weekend from people <laughs> going after him. I would like to make a kind of like a, regu- a recurring uh, situation where Dave just drops by every you know year or so, but I don't know how much more is like <laughs> Why don't you drop by every couple of years? <laughs> I mean, I worry about his confidence. <laughs> Too many of these shellackings are the hands of Wes. Well, it's not its not really in his wheelhouse. He, he's like a good box office draw that's not really competitive somehow. <laughs> and also doesn't draw a box. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, so Mark is out of, the op- out of the office for a week. He's on some type of East Coast sojourn. Uh, it's really unclear exactly there what he's like doing. There are like backpacks and bus stops involved in this thing, aren't there? Yeah, there were like early morning shots of the Port Authority in New York. They're you know, hanging, hanging out with men in fields. So, you know, I would say keep an eye on Mark's Instagram account because I'm sure some stuff could pop up there. Uh, so we'll go on without Mark for two shows this week. Uh, today's show with the boys, Chris and Greg, we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to talk about uh, the Superstar Club. Mm, what club is this? Something that I invented while eating breakfast this morning. <laughs> Uh, but we're going to talk about like players that we see kind of make now. I don't want to use the word making the leap because that's copyrighted. By the way, Greg, do you want to say something about the making the leap series? Well, we kicked it off this week. Sessler wrote one ahead of time. Charles Johnson is number 20 on the list. This is our yearly. It's the third time we've done this uh, list of players we believe are going to improve greatly. And yeah, and we got a big one on uh, Tuesday. Your boy, Geno Smith. Mmm. I thought he'd be higher, considering. You know, well, you know, we don't want to go too crazy. He's making the leap. Just the fact that he's on the <laughs> list at all—that is that's great, high. I will be reading. That's that. bold. <laughs> that's very bold. You, I will read that. Uh, but so consider this: not the making the leap. That's a separate thing. That's more the player that is promising and then becomes kind of a, a renowned player or a Pro Bowl type player. This is more like the Platinum Club, where you you go from being a great player to a superstar. So who's going to be those those guys this year? It's not going to be very many. And conversely, did I use that word properly? Yeah. 
who will drop back? Who, who are the superstars that we recognize today that by this time next year we'll see them in a different light? Because in, in, in my mind, in my mind, there's a balance, a cosmic balance to this. There's only a set number of, of guys could be in the superstar club. I like this idea. There's a capacity. So, one man in, one man out. You're the bouncer of the superstar club? No, we are the bouncers. Oh, okay. It's a zero-sum game right here. Yeah. Uh, so we will talk about that, the superstar club, uh, and uh, we will have President Obama on a little later, the president of the United States. Now, that, that was actually uh, that was another podcast. Oh, darn. <laughs> The WTF podcast, but don't check that out. Maybe, TD. What's going on? Can you get the president? Uh, I'm working on him for Move the Sticks. How about the president? Oh, Wait, he, he literally was in Los Angeles. Yeah, TD. We're going to ignore that just to make sure no one even hears of that podcast. <laughs> can you get us, like, the prime minister of Nigeria? Yeah, I can work on that, yeah. K-Ridge could do it. She's been hanging out with Obama. <laughs> Wait, let's, let's test TD's roots. Uh, who is who holds I, the highest office in Nigeria? This is this is bad. I should know. The I'm gonna call your mother. Hey, TD man, <laughs> I thought you know it. I love you still, but how's, you should have known. How's she Jamaican? The president of Nigeria. <laughs> so offensive. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Buhari is his last name. That much I know. You oh, just Google yeah, it. You that. just Google it. Well, oh. Yeah. Oh, he did. Oh. <laughs> it's Haley Selassie. That's dishonest, TD. Uh. All right, buddy. Anyway, good to see you. Hope you had a nice weekend. It was a fun weekend. Uh, me and Wes went back and forth about talking about some old MJ back in the day, which led to me watching uh, games of Jordan playing point guard in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Not only have you guys moved past that awkward squabble you had, you're now indulging each other in uh, <laughs> 1980s and 90s NBA basketball. Got to, man. Watching. Wes has that, you know, that old-time knowledge, and sometimes I need to delve into that a little bit more and, you know. TD, I, I undersold him. He's one of the more knowledgeable folks I've ever met about hoops. Oh, You, wow. did have, you had some nice hot takes. Love, love fest. Yeah, I liked it better when you were fighting. And by the way, speaking <laughs> of which, I need to. Un- I have it on my phone uh, a bit of the fighting uh, saved <laughs> on my recorder on my phone that I will use at the right time. Oh, uh, Dan. Quick question, though. Does anyone watch? I know you're a big fan of Entourage, Dan. Their new <laughs> show. The new show. Yeah. Ballers starring, you know. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Anyone give that a watch? Well, no. I was a first time. NFL I'm a, related. I'm a first time Father's Day for myself yesterday, so I didn't get around to it, but I will be checking it out. Mm. Uh, how was it? Uh, I didn't watch it. Oh, glad okay. glad you brought it up in a <laughs> tell. You know, something that's being taped. It's newsy for guys. other people to listen to. <laughs> I thought I was off today and behaved accordingly yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so yes, I'll get back to you on that TD on Thursday. Uh, let's do some news. Welcome. Jurassic Park. I did see that last night. You did? Jurassic World. Well, that was more for you old fossils in here. But um, <laughs> Is I did Newman see that still recently. In it? Uh, <laughs> Newman has been assassinated by a Diphilosaurus. <laughs> uh, Jurassic World is pretty good. I would get, It's a nice popcorn pleaser. It's actually, I find it to be uh, a stark contrast to some of those dark Nolan movies. I feel like they, they're trying to make it more 90s fun popcorn. Uh, yeah, sorry. it is the uh, biggest uh, biggest box office hit of all time, surprisingly. What? It's a little well, it depends how you measure it. So far, anyway. And First and what is it, like 400 million through two weeks or something? Um, over 300 for sure. Domestically, probably, it's like 980 worldwide. They broke it down. It actually made more in the first 17 minutes than Entourage has made. The whole <laughs> that seems about right. But the, the happiest lost bet in my life. <laughs> it wasn't a bet. We don't do that around here. Let's start. Uh, let's start in Buffalo. Why not? A lot of places to start. Do you want to start in Buffalo? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Wherever. All right. So we came into this season. Um, Greg's boy, uh, Matt Castle, uh, was acquired. He seemed to be the favorite over EJ Manuel and Tyrod Taylor. But Matt, Ca- Matt Castle has not had a good offseason program. He struggled both in OT- OTAs uh, and in minicamp. Uh, EJ Manuel really looked best out of all three quarterbacks. And you're hearing from multiple reporters covering the beat that Castle uh, did not play well, called the clear loser by ESPN.com's Mike Rodak. Uh, and now there is some buzz, Chris Wessling, you wrote this piece for us, that Matt Castle could be on the on the roster bubble now. He's going to go from the favorite to start to potentially on the street. Yeah, I, I kind of hesitated. I was a little reluctant to do this because it was only one beat writer suggesting that Castle wouldn't make the roster. 
Mm-hmm. It's pretty clear that he had a miserable offseason, but none of the other Bills quarterbacks particularly looked good either. But then I thought that I might just be able to tweak Greg Rosenthal. A I bit. knew that was it. <laughs> I'm home on Saturday on the weekend, and it basically was Chris Wesseling headline. Hey, screw you, Rosenthal. <laughs> 30% of Wes's posts now are really sh- <laughs> under-the-radar shots at his boss, which feels like a, yeah, a half to Not great for job security. Usually Wes, usually Wes is all about, oh, that's not news. You know, oh, who cares? <laughs> Some writer said something might happen. That's not news. Why do you and Damashek insist on turning <laughs> well, me into a southern bumpkin? I'm only imitating Damashek's imitation at this point, but uh, – yeah, it was one writer suggesting something might happen. When are we? When did we start putting too much stock into these? Well, I think training camps. It's not going to happen before training camp. I think I wrote it that way. Okay, I, I, I was sure to point out that he was just one writer and that nothing's really going to happen before preseason games anyway. This is again why people need to pump the brakes a little bit on the Bills as a uh, a team to be excited about this year. This is how bad it got at the, during the mini camp. Uh, all three quarterbacks struggled so badly. In the Wednesday uh, practice session during minicamp, that on Thursday Rex Ryan made the decision to pull his defensive <laughs> line first team off the field and put the second team That's on, terrible. so the quarterbacks had a better chance of success. Like, what? Is it, first of all, what kind That's of message awful. does that send? And second of all, it tells you everything you need to know about these guys just are not executing even on this stage. How can you expect it come September? Well, they're playing against the defenses that have been together for a while and is really talented. It's not an easy offense to learn, Greg Roman, and the quarterbacks aren't very talented. So that's a that's a bad three things. It's a Molotov cocktail. But I wouldn't put too much in the Castle's bad offseason. I wouldn't either. Just because they're you all could bad. easily beat Manuel out. Right now it looks like Manuel, according to uh, Joe Basuli, how do you pronounce his last name? Basulia? Basalalio. Basgagli? I don't know. One of the, one of the best uh, local guys there. He, he thinks Manuel had the best minicamp and the best offseason and looks like the early leader for what it's worth. All right, moving on. Tuesday's a big day for uh, the Throne of Ease. Tom Brady's appeal uh, will be heard at the New York uh, NFL home office on Tuesday. Uh, this to in an attempt to reduce a four-game suspension uh, for Brady allegedly having knowledge of illegally doctored footballs uh, at the AFC Championship game. Uh, Ted Wells, NFL gumshoe, who uh, you know was very confident that Brady uh, at least had some knowledge that something was cooking, will will be at the hearing, from what we understand. And you know, as far as a timetable, uh, Greg, based, based on what's happened in the past with these appeals, it could either come. You know, within a week, or you could be waiting weeks or even like months before we know anything. Our researcher, uh, Adam Zerndorfer. I mean, I keep getting <laughs> tough, tough names. Just use first names. Greg. Adam Z. <laughs> Bounty Gate. The coaches had to wait four days. The players had to wait eight days. Ray Rice waited 22 days after his appeal to find out if it if it helped. Greg Hardy. Uh, is now 25 days and counting since his appeal was heard. That's a long way of saying everyone wants to know what's the result of this Brady's you know, appeal. It's going to be a big story on the NFL Network and NFL.com Tuesday, but we're not going to know anything for a couple weeks usually, or at least the rest of the week unless it breaks with past. I, I wholeheartedly uh, suggest everyone watches NFL Network live programming. We have talented people. Uh, running these shows, and I, we're doing some live coverage of the appeal process tomorrow. But uh, I'm, that's, that was what came to my mind when we were preparing the podcast. Like, what are they going to be talking about? We're not going to have a camera in the appeal room. There's not going to be an immediate answer. Just a lot of shots outside 345 Park. Oh, it could find out, you know, like Albert Breer, you mentioned, reported today, Ted Wells will be involved. We'll find out how long it goes. We'll find out, you know, who's involved, who's maybe some uh... – some testimony who that's coming from. But you're right. We're not going to know you anything. See, what about some of up. the jabronis from your fan base? Are they going to get arrested on purpose again for their so they have a great fantasy football story at their draft? <laughs> Are we still acting like one of the best players in the league is going to miss time for underinflated footballs? So you so you do think it will it's, be It's ridiculous. totally ridiculous. I, the you more it's going to be wiped it, away. I don't know. It's just so laughable that we get to watch inferior products oh. because somebody underinflated a football. It's just so laughable. They're – does seem to be a general consensus and current among people who are paid to have opinions on these things that it will be reduced. With that said, every single step of this entire process, conventional wisdom has been 100% wrong. Every prediction that anyone's made about Deflategate 
from day one has been wrong. So I don't to, know. Maybe they'll double it. You're, you make a very good point. <laughs> exactly. No one's really ever been right with this. If you listen to our podcast two weeks before the suspension was handed down, we there's no way any of us predicted that was going to happen. Uh, but the, two games, that's going to be the answer. Greg. It sounds about right. I've looked into the future, and Rog, this is his olive branch opportunity. He's going to take it. Two games. Sounds about right. And you'll you'll be okay. Your team will be okay. Moving on. Uh, Wes, your boy. He's not my boy anymore. Odell Beckham Jr. Whoa. Can wow. I a second. The Giants wide receiver who broke all sorts of records as a rookie last year. Uh, as, a, as a result, became one of the more high-profile players uh, in the NFL. And, of course, you know, a, you know, a overnight icon in New York. He's the big star there with Jeter out of the picture. But now he's got a bum hamstring. And he's got some teammates, you know, kept him out of most of OTAs in the minicamp. And it's led to some teammates making some jokes as an expense. Of course, he missed games or and uh, pre- the preseason last year with a hamstring issue. Uh, and he doesn't like the fact that teammates are teasing him. Here is his quote per ESPN last week. For me, this is what I love doing, and this is what I feel like my purpose was to do. So it takes a lot of strength for me to be able to come here every day and not practice, have to hear the little remarks, the little jokes, this and that. And it's not just about a hamstring. It's so many other things that people talk about. So it's hard to come here and try to focus on what play is up right now instead of thinking about how bad you want to be out there. (laughs) (laughs) Shaboy! boy. It's really got you going, Wes. Why don't you quiet about it, Odell? Oh, Oh, wow. That's terrible. That's what boys do. They they make fun of each other. That's what that's what men do. Come on. Because of this is another quote. Defended you because of the hamstring last year and the fame. It's like, oh, you're too big time now. So I mean, I just hear it and you want to blow it off, but after a while it gets old and it kind of bothers you. Wow. But I didn't know he was so mentally weak. Oh, stop. This is interesting. I didn't know he was Jay Cutler. Wow, Wes. He's this your boy. It was my boy. I don't know. That's. That's a very bad quality in a person, that you can't take a joke. My first instinct was this guy went to a lot of premieres right. and had a lot of glowing things that he read about himself and saw about himself and didn't like someone you know, taking some air out of his tire, if you will. Which is exactly what you would expect NFL teammates to do to a player in this situation. I mean, can't you just kind of hear them saying that, whoa, yeah. whoa, you're too big for, you know, you're on all the magazine yeah. covers, too big to practice today. It is surprising to me, not that it annoyed him, because I think he's probably so competitive and thinks he is the man that that's going to annoy him. But it is a little surprising he would go talk to the media about it. So, yeah, yeah, that was weird. I mean, that was weird that he decided not only to – I don't think he put a lot of thought into To it. let it get under – but he's got a, he's still young. and that's uh, You've got to know better, especially where he plays. That's This is going to be blown up into something where now the the reporters didn't have the opportunity because of, of the timing of it. But now all the reporters are going to go to his teammates and ask about, you know, what, you know, what is you saying? To Eli Beckham? Manning you, basically you know, told him to man up over the weekend. As really? did Tom yeah. Coughlin. Coughlin uh, said, worry about things you can control and not about those that you can't. This happens in every locker room in every sport. Teammates razz each other. You, got, you have to deal with Shows it. Shows a little immaturity, but it might also just show – how highly he thinks of himself and his competitiveness. He basically thinks, what, Ruben Randall, you're going to talk to me? <laughs> Shut the up, Ruben Randall. You know what I mean? Maybe he's a like, bit of a prima donna, too. Mark Sessler, who's not here. Hey, he... Larry Donnell, pipe down. <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, Donnell. I'm Odell Beckham. Here's the meal ticket here. Mark missed an opportunity to take some shots at uh, Beckham <laughs> the way Wes has, uh, but he did uh, end his post with this. Our prediction, prediction, the playful jabs from teammates will vanish once this dynamic and pristine route-running tour de force <laughs> begins taking apart secondaries on a weekly basis. Okay. Well, that's true. There's Mark. Sessler, part of the show. <laughs> Sessler almost is like creating a template through all of these articles <laughs> in which eventually we'll just be able to create a, a system – that can write Sessler articles for us. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think Sessler is putting all his creative juices right now into his Instagram posts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you saying he's mailing in his work in NFL.com? It's a bit formulaic at this point. That's oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty much what Greg I, said, too. I, I, There's I think a template. Mark does great work, and when people come after uh, you on Twitter over this, <laughs> or, it, or Mark. let Mark know. Yeah, it had nothing to do with it. We were innocent. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Terrell Pryor. 
Uh, my favorite still, segue of the year. Still in my life. Oh, Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor, who is a um, a metrics goldmine, according to Greg Rosenthal. Click generator 3.1. Uh, I don't even remember who released them last. The Bengals. The Bengals released them last week. He went on waivers, claimed on Monday by the Cleveland Browns, Mark's boys. Uh, but, and the interesting thing, uh, the or the what makes this a little more intriguing from my point of view, because I'm exhausted by <laughs> Terrell Pryor, the quarterback, is that now he's going to try to make it as a wide receiver, and that's why the Browns picked him up, and they have arguably the worst wide receiver group in the NFL. So maybe Terrell Pryor with his size and speed makes a difference. Uh, Wes, your thoughts? Another interesting thing about this is that uh, John DiFilippo, the new Browns coordinator, was the quarterback's coach in Oakland when Pryor was there. So mm. obviously he saw something he liked. Maybe he's thought for a while that Pryor should be playing a different position. Well, if there's a receiver group that you could possibly make and make an impact quickly, you would think the Browns would be it. Yeah, that's not should... a deep looking group. The uh, Roto World post on this is funny. It says, with Vince Mayle, Brian Hartline, Andrew Hawkins, and Taylor Gabriel as his primary competition behind Dwayne Bow. And I'm thinking, I've never even heard of Vince Mayle. <laughs> He's the first guy they listed. <laughs> uh, Vince Mayle is the guy that looks like LeBron. By the oh, way. That's how okay. he's well known. That's what he he's walks around Cleveland wow. and he's just like, yeah, everyone thinks I'm LeBron. And this this should serve fourth at, round pick. It should serve as the ultimate test here because and other teams should be taking note because if he can't stick with the Browns and their wide receiver group, what other wide receiver group would he find a role? Well, you would, you would think unless he's just so talented that he's an otherworldly athlete that the best case scenario is he's on a practice squad. It's a it's a little hard to imagine a guy just switching positions and immediately making an impact. People but, talk about. Th- like when Tebow was talked about as a tight end, they act like that you can, at the highest level of competition, you can just switch positions and not miss a beat. Yeah. These are the best cornerbacks in the world. Like and, you're not, you're not going to do – they've been doing it for 15 or 20 years. And if you're the a bottom of the depth chart type wide receiver, your best chance to make the team is on special teams. And is Terrell Pryor flying down the field as a gunner? Like, I mean, he, this is – it's a pretty big shift he's making. I guess, you know, this is a tough spot for him to That's be in. That's a good point. By the way, you doubted, or maybe you weren't doubting, but you pointed out Terrell Pryor metrics uh, gold. I didn't doubt it. I know that it exists, but it pains I me. I went to go look to see how it was uh, when he was switching to the wide receiver. That got the same amount of page views as our 39 things to know from NFC minicamps, which was the highest story of the day. And it took like five minutes to write. That was what my point was. (laughs) That took five minutes. The other one took five people spending an hour each. Yeah. Yeah. We should just do (laughs) TerrellPryor.com. Don't let everyone know the secrets, Greg. (laughs) Um, Anything else? Anybody else have anything else to say about Terrell Pryor? I think we've we've exhausted it. Here's the good news. Next week when he gets cut by the Browns, we get to talk about him again. Another post. Uh, All right. That's what's happening in the news. And now we move on. We turn our attention to the aforementioned Superstar Club, which is was established earlier this morning while I was ordering breakfast at the uh, commissary at the NFL Media. But oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say this is an appropriate kickoff to what is really the NFL offseason. The next five or six weeks, there's nothing. No practices, nothing. That's it. You That's can, true. You can read an article – Six Things to Watch Before Training Camp by Connor Orr. That's right. One of probably the only previews of the, on the Internet of nothing. It's previewing <laughs> nothing is happening. Here's what to, to look forward to. And you should know, TD, that amongst that list of six is the new rock program Ballers. That's true. Connor was into it. He watched it. All right. We you, got you that. Got hard talking. knocks coming up. That's, um, I'm looking forward to this. We got some stuff cooking. Uh, anyway, so, yes. But uh, so yeah, the, this is this is what we need to discuss now. It's a it's a touchy topic because you know a superstar that's a prideful man, and to for us to be suggesting who's going to fall out of that group, it's a little tough. But we're going to do it because we're fearless around these parts. <laughs> and keep in mind, uh, in this theory, there's an order, you know, a cosmic order. It can only be a set number of superstars. So if we're going to throw somebody onto this list and say. A player X is a superstar. Player Y, there's got to be one on the other end that's got to go. So let's get it started. Chris Wessling, uh, would you like to get us going right now? And maybe we'll start uh, by you naming first the player that you believe will make the leap, Platinum Edition, and then the guy that is on the losing end of that. Okay. C.J. Spiller, 
superstar. Mm. Yeah, I think you have to trust what you've seen on tape. And in 2012, I believe, he was arguably the most dynamic running back in the NFL, had short area quickness and long speed that looked like Chris Johnson in his prime. And I think he's going to a place where he needs to be in space, and you've got one of the best play callers for getting guys into space. We've seen Sean Payton do it with Reggie Bush and Darren Sproles, and C.J. Spiller's way better than both of those guys. So Mm. to me, he's a superstar. He is way better than Darren Sproles, and who is the first name? Reggie Bush. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if he's better than Reggie Bush at Reggie Bush's prime. I I haven't seen it. way better than Reggie Bush. He had that one year. You know what? I've realized. Yeah, but it happened. Yeah. I mean, it's on tape. You know what he can do. If if he's healthy and he's in a good offense with a good play caller. I'm realizing what, you know, everyone has a type. Dan, you definitely have a type. Everyone knows about it. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I'm talking yes. about in, in – uh, Football players? Not nah, well, football players. <laughs> with Dan, I was talking about women. Oh, um, yes, yes, you know. yes, yes. Smart ones. Wes has a type. It is former top ten picks. That had one great season out of six. Percy Harvin? So. Well, so no. you got Darren McFadden. What a great That showed, <laughs> that I don't showed even, like one burst of flame. I don't even like Darren McFadden. RG3? Last year, you love him. Yeah. RG3. I was really just making a McFadden joke. But Percy Harvin's more <laughs> similar to Spiller. I, I, I think CJ Spiller like, has I a like lot higher potential. With, I like guys with game-breaking ability. I would love to see it. And, and I agree with you. Spiller did put it on tape. I mean, I'm being stupid about it. But... <laughs> For right. that season, you're right. He's shown it. He's shown it in flashes. He makes people miss. He kind of he shows all those traits that you would want in a superstar, but he doesn't stay on the field and he doesn't run through people. That, well, that's, that's why if he was if he signed with the Browns, I wouldn't be making this. Pick. Right. But he signed with the superstar the exact one. Big, I, mean, I was let me a, say to club. that point, superstar. It's a select club. So I'm going to throw out some numbers that I think if he's not in this neighborhood, it's you can't really say he's a superstar. And I'm basing a lot of this off his 2012 season, so he's got to kind of approach those that type of production again. 1,500 total yards, around 10 touchdowns, around 40 catches. Can he do something like that? Uh, is he capable? Those are superstar numbers. Those are not star numbers. I think you can be a superstar and not have superstar numbers because he's going to be splitting time with Mark Ingram. If he gets 1,200 yards and is just dynamite all year and the Saints do great, I, to me he's a superstar. All right. Who falls from the ranks of the superstars? Brandon Marshall. Oh, I can't disagree, but go ahead. Well, the Jets aren't allowed to have wide receivers, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm t- even in the heyday of Santonio Holmes in New York, he was never a statistical monster. You really have to go all the way back to Keyshawn Johnson. To I find was going to say Don Maynard. <laughs> uh, Keyshawn had, I think, like a 100-catch, 1,200-yard, 12-touchdown season. That's been once 15 time. years. It's been a long time. Well, Rex Ryan's other, out of town, though, which uh, could help. The other thing is I don't believe that Geno Smith is making the leap. Mm. That's I just – he doesn't instill any sort of confidence in me whatsoever. So so it's less about Marshall, but you think he's going to no longer be a superstar. Well, he's also on the wrong side of 30 now, and he's not Calvin Johnson. He's Brandon Marshall. And he's had more surgeries and has played well through them than just about anyone. But We were talking about hip surgeries today because you mentioned Jordy Nelson as a possibility for this. And there were like two or three years in a row where Brandon Marshall underwent hip surgery. So you're right. That can catch up to him at some point. And he didn't produce like a superstar last year in Chicago. The one thing he has going for him in terms of uh, maintaining his uh, face in the public eye, he'll be a weekly guest on just about oh, every no. show in New York. Inside the NFL, he'll be on that nationally. He'll be on some radio. <laughs> no matter what, whether it goes good or bad, it's going to be about Brandon Marshall in New York. There, and this is the uh, – who's the giant uh, who's famous for this? Oh, uh, Antrell Roll. Antrell Roll is yeah. the guy. If you if you find if it, a Jet or Giant has that type of connection with the media, it could lead to bad things if a season goes wrong. So Brandon Marshall will either be their best move in several years or it could turn into a nightmare. I didn't even think about that, that the Bears and the Giants, essentially, I mean, the Bears, Chicago, and then New York, they 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 got rid of Roll, going to the Bears, and now Marshall's taking all those radio spots mm, that yeah. Roll used to. Here, here's an argument for uh, Brandon Marshall, though, and I, I, I like your pick. Ch- Chan Gailey has been able to create some yardage 
out of a lot of uh, funny places over the years. Tyler Thigpen. Tyler Thigpen. I went back and looked for my Geno Smith making the leap and saw what he did in Miami. Jay Fiedler led a top eight scoring offense under Chan Gailey. So he found a way to cook up some yards, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He got Fitzpatrick $60 million. Right. Right. (laughs) And the Jets were third in the NFL in rushing last year. Uh, And also Eric Decker is a nice number two quarterback. And – Cumbie's involved. Did I mention Jeff Cumberland? <laughs> Did he make making the leap? I, I'm not involved. He is not. He's not making the leap. That's a bad job by you guys. He's, in, he's <laughs> one of the top five receiving options on the Jets. Okay. Six, maybe. Seven. Devin Smith is a deep threat to open things up a little bit. And they could score some points if Geno Smith is okay. All right, moving on. Uh, I'll throw one out there. Here we go. Uh, ready to ascend. I'll start with ready to descend for this one because it kind of sets it up a little bit. Uh, Jimmy Graham, mm. you know, he's, uh, gets traded to the Seahawks. And I know when, when sometimes like when a mega trade happens, it doesn't happen a lot in the NFL, but you kind of expect the guy to be exactly how he was the season before, but he's in a new scheme with a new team and a new quarterback. And I wouldn't be surprised if it took some time for that chemistry to, to develop. I know he'll be, I think I expect him to be a red zone threat immediately with them because he's just too big and too tall and he knows how to get open in the end zone. But um, as, as far as being a big part of that offense, remember, this is uh, a team that averaged a league best 172 yards a game on the ground last year. The next closest team was the Cowboys at 147. So this team loves to run the ball. They have a quarterback that likes to run. Uh, and Jimmy Graham last year was not Jimmy Graham's best year either. He only averaged 10.5 yards a catch. That was a big drop from previous seasons. Didn't have 1,000 yards. So uh, I think that Jimmy Graham will be continue to be uh, a very good tight end and maybe one of the best in a watered-down position right now in the NFL. I don't think he'll quite be superstar 2013 Jimmy Graham in Seattle, at least in year one. Mm. That would be uh, a big surprise, although we've, it's been a running theme on the podcast, and I talked about it on now that some whispers coming out of New Orleans about – I don't know what it is. Maybe it was his approach to the game or his ability to fight through injuries. You know, that there are some questions about Graham. It's interesting. He started out 2013 with four 100-yard games in his first five. Since then, he's had three 100-yard games in, like, 35 games. Mm. Wow. I mean, here are two guys' numbers. 63 catches for 890 yards and four touchdowns. That's one guy. Uh, 85 catches for 880 yards, less yardage, and 10 touchdowns. Those two players are Delaney Walker and Jimmy Graham last Wow. So, it, Jimmy Graham is already coming off a season where he was not really the same guy now going to a run-first offense. I just feel like they're going to be very motivated to make that signing look good and make him this, the centerpiece of the offense. So I feel like we know who Jimmy Graham is. When he's completely healthy, he's unstoppable. When he has a nagging injury, he's not, he's not one-tenth of the player he is when he's healthy. Um, in this exercise, the Superstar Club, we're – you got to have someone fill the void. It's a little tough with tight ends. There's not a lot of guys that you can kind of go to. I, I'll throw one out there just because I'm I'm starting to get um, get a little excited about Cam Newton 2015. Uh, maybe I've read one too many offseason stories about his improved footwork. But how about <laughs> Greg Olson? How about Greg Olson, who was, uh, was an 1,000-yard ah. receiver last year, six touchdowns. If Cam Newton you know, uh, took the next step as a passer this season with a better cast around him, the Funch is there with Benjamin in year two. Uh, could also become a you know 90-catch, 1,200-yard, 10-touchdown guy. I don't think that's crazy, so I'll throw him out there. I almost went with Jordan Cameron because of the God hates Cleveland rule. Ooh, I uh, kind of like that and one. And the assumption that he will automatically become a pro bowler now that he's left Cleveland. But I went with Olsen, a little safer, I guess. But maybe Cameron's the guy with upside, but to, I'm not going to put him in a superstar I mean, conversation. I'm buying Cameron. Hmm. I mean, this is a superstar club, and it would be – Overdue note. I feel like Greg Olson. He's starting to get more national love. That hey, this has been an underrated, great, great career out of this guy. But if he then took another step at age thirty, he's getting up there and have have his best seasons right now. Last it's year, possible. Listen, eighty four for one thousand eight yards, six touchdowns. That's really good production. The Cam Newton footwork thing cracks me up a little bit. Like if it's, if it was that important, why did he wait till year five to do it? Because now, it's if it was clicking. that easy to do, why didn't he do it last year? Mike Shula hangs over that whole situation, and it's ne- it's never been fully explained to me or solved, or I just want it to go away. Give Cam Newton someone other than Mike Shula. 
<laughs> yeah. Maybe. I think he's carrying Mike Shula, you know, not the other way around. Give me a break. Also, Greg Olson doesn't get in the conversation enough as uh, one of the more handsome men in the NFL. He kind of looks like an 80s movie bully. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say He-Man, but, yeah, I could see that too. Yeah, he's got a little Billy Zobka action to him. <laughs> he's, like the, he's the guy who was, like, on the ski team. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right, Greg, your turn. Uh, who will ascend? Well, we've got a theme here. We've got an ex-saint uh, descending. We've got a new saint ascending. And I'm just going to start with the guy who's fallen off to start off, Drew Brees. Whoa. Maybe, maybe C.J. Spiller hug. comes in, and it helps to represent uh, a change in the way we see the Saints passing game, that the passing game is no longer – the centerpiece of that offense. The, the big yards aren't there as much before. They play a little more controlled. They don't have big game-breaking receivers at wideout or at tight end right now. And I think if you watch Drew Brees, he made more big mistakes last year than before. Still was very good overall, but he's getting up there. And I, and 36. I, I just kind of don't buy that all these quarterbacks have to be so great forever. Brady and Manning, they, they broke those rules, but those are two of the greatest to ever play. And I don't put Breeze at that level. He's a guy who's kind of always done a lot with less physical talents. It wouldn't surprise me if he starts falling off. It's part of my ongoing little beef with Pro Football Focus. They have him as their second-ranked quarterback last year. Mm. And I, to me, if you no watched way. him play all year, you, like you said, he just made way too many big mistakes at crucial times. He was not the same player last year as he had been. The, um, the devil's advocate angle is that he's going to throw less. He's not going to have to force it as much. If C.J. Spiller is as good as we think he'll be in that offense with Mark Ingram, that's going to change the way you know his passing lanes now. No Jimmy Graham, of course. But he could also play smarter quarterback potentially and have a better year than last year. Got some Tony Romo action this year. Yeah, I mean, he, he's had down times before. I remember I'm looking at 2010 was not a good year. Just Call him a yo-yo it. superstar? No, he, he's been <laughs> up for the most part, but he's a little more up and down than Brady or Manning. I just think at some point it, it all the fun's got to slow down. And I think the Saints have started to prepare for that. They they took a quarterback early. They've started moving to the, this, you know, mm. more running backs on the team and look more to the ground game. And it, it makes sense. I'm not saying he's going to fall off a cliff, but we're talking the superstar club. I mean, he's not throwing for 5,000 yards. You only got a few members of the superstar club, and it's time for Drew Brees. Maybe he's no longer a top five guy. He's more like a 10 to 15 guy or something. Zero like sum that. game, brah. Who was the guy we called a yo yo superstar earlier? Oh, that was Geno Atkins. Oh, yeah. Potentially. He could Gino become Atkins. the yo yo superstar. And I mean, some, sometimes the superstar club, it gets, you know, it gets a little dicey at the door. It gets a little catty, too. You, you got to, especially if, you know, a guy who's in your same division is walking up. Mm. Young guy, younger, by the name of Matt Ryan. Brunton. And Drew Brees like, yo, this is my turf. I'm the NFC South's best quarterback. <laughs> Matt's like, no, I'm sorry. I, everyone thinks of me as a a good quarterback, but I can take it to another level. I've got Kyle Shanahan on my team. I'm just hitting my prime. I still got all my physical skills. I'm smart. It's ready for people to see me in that Brady Manning top I, four or five class. I don't see a lot of like high-end trash talking between <laughs> Matt Ryan and Drew Brees. You, you stink, man. No, you're the one that stinks. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of swagger, I wouldn't say, between between those. You're not classy, man. No, you're not classy. Matt Ryan would not be at the top of my list of like guys I would want to hang out with at a club. Well, not that I'd be at a hey, club. Don't yeah, what are you doing at a club, Brees, anyway? Though. What's up? Don't sleep on Drew Brees. He, uh, he can get down. He's, He's got an edge, too. He's, He's got some big swagger. phony. <laughs> Whoa! Wow. Everybody. That's what Hank says too. Everybody knows. Hank that. says that. Yeah, he does say that. But he plays the role well. Whether it's phony or real, he plays the role well. He can get down. Is that a down. good thing? He plays he a play role. a phony well. <laughs> Take off your mask, Drew Brees. Let's see who you really are. Boys with Matthew McConaughey. Is he? Yeah. He would. What? That, that like that's gonna win me over. Matt Ryan. By the way, Matt Ryan. If you want to talk about, it, we kind of know who uh, a person is at a certain point. I feel like I know what Matt Ryan is. He's like in the Hall of Very Good. I see. I disagree. I I think he's had the type of career where he is overdue for a monster season where all the people around him support him more. He's had a maybe not like Tony Romo, but a little like Tony Romo, where I think he's better than his overall reputation. If things work right, I could see him having an MVP caliber type of season. I have. I loved him last year. I like on, Matt on Ryan a lot, but. It worries me when the quarterback isn't the best player on his own offense. 
and he's not the best. Julio Jones is the best player on well, the Falcons. What are you but that is do? not Matt Ryan's fault. Yeah, it's not his fault. I mean, that's like Calvin Johnson and Matthew Stafford. Nobody thinks Antonio Brown is more valuable than Ben Roethlisberger. Ma- Matt Ryan is a little more up and down than you would like out of the top quarterbacks. But when he's good, his best games are as good as anyone. I mean, he can get on a roll. He can make really difficult you passes. And so I could see him doing that for a season. You know that Wes is having a little tiff with his boy Odell Beckham when he resists an Eli Manning cheap shot. Just left it on the table. I can't believe it. Well, that's too easy. Yeah. Eli's easy to pick. All right, let's go around the horn one more time. Wes, give it to me. Who's ascending? Well, this one might – you guys might not uh, even allow this one. Andrew Luck. Uh, career, c- career completion rate under 60%. I don't know if he's a superstar. Mm. But, I like, I'll put this one with my descending guy, Tony Romo. Romo was, a what, the runner-up for MVP last year? I could see Luck doing that this year. I think this is a case maybe where he's already in the superstar club, but then they have a special other room, like a VIP VIP room. Yeah, yeah he it's gets another in with, level. He gets in with Aaron Rodgers and JJ Watt. He's the best player in the league. My only hesitation is that if you asked 32 GMs who would be the the quarterback they would take, I don't know if he would like be over Aaron Rodgers, but he would be one of the top three guys on every one of those guys' lists. That's fair. I I had a feeling you were going to reject it, but the but Romo one's really good because. I feel like the, you know, everything worked perfectly for the Cowboys last year, and you get a feeling there could be a bit of a course correction in 2015. Well, yeah, you see, Demarco Murray isn't there to basically keep the heat off of Romo this mm. year, and I think it was noticeable last year that Jason Witten had lost a few steps. So there's his security blanket not making plays really. Mm. Romo last year was a great example of just. What I was talking about with Matt Ryan, that everything around you changes and then the perception of you changes. Because Romo's been a top 10 guy forever. I don't think last year for much of the year was one of his best seasons in particular. It's just everyone else was playing up to his level. Yeah. Um, all right. I'll throw, I'll throw one out there. Randall Cobb. Jordy Nelson. Is Jordy Nelson a superstar? Yes, absolutely. Okay, Randall Cobb not You could quite... argue that he's the best receiver in the NFL. Right. With so, a straight face, you could argue that. So, obviously, when you have Jordy Nelson on the team, Randall Cobb is uh, not going to get as many targets as if he was a, a supreme number one. But so many things working in his favor. First of all, he's amazing. Uh, you know, the guy's a big-time playmaker, and he's only entering his age 25 season. He's smack in the middle of his prime. He's playing with the best quarterback. Uh, on the planet, he's playing on an offense that, with Eddie Lacy and everything else going on, to me seems almost destined, unless something horrible happens, to score 100, 550 points this year. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of a lot of touchdowns. Randall Cobb's got all the tools, and by the end of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if he even had a better season statistically than Jordy Nelson. This one, I don't. I'd be surprised. I don't know. Last year, 91 catches, 1,287 yards, and 12 TDs. It wouldn't surprise me if that ends up being the best numbers he ever posts in his career. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Devont- that's a ceiling. You've got Devonte Adams this year too, who's going to steal targets. So I, you've got more mouths to feed. Who, spoiler alert: might be on the old uh, making the leap list. Uh-huh. That's why I think it makes more sense to knock Jordy Nelson out of the superstar club this year, coming off a hip surgery. Jordy Nelson's too good. To just get because, out. just because the other hands there, I agree he's too good. But if Cobb gets a lot of passes, they're getting a little better at tight end. You know, they have Devontae Adams. You know, maybe he drops down to 1,100 or 1,050 in yards, and that's just kind of a pedestrian. There's no way. I don't think there's any way. What are Cobb's targets? 127, I think. I can't see it dipping too far below that, even with if Adams rising. I think they're going to score a ton of points, and I think that he's – Rodgers loves Randall Cobb. I mean, he's one of those guys that is a security blanket as well. So I, I like that. And then on the other side of it, and this is maybe overdue, and this I didn't like having to talk about this because we all we all love the man. Uh, so I think maybe he's been kept in the club a little longer than he needed Don't do to be. It. But do you want to take a guess? Jeff Cumberland? <laughs> Cumby's in my superstar club. Uh, it's time to say goodbye to Larry Fitzgerald. No! It's got, it's Listen, he has not had a 1,000-yard season since 2011. <laughs> Uh, he's not a, he's not the same guy anymore. Wes is genuinely pained. He's uh you know he's getting older. He's gonna be 32 by week one. Only two touchdowns on 103 targets last year. I know they had quarterback issues at the end of the season, but you can make the argument that he's maybe the third best wide receiver on his team now. I'm just gonna uh, say not a strong argument. Larry Fitzgerald. That's a totally you strong had a, argument. You had a great run. You're in no, the Hall no. of Fame. You're wearing a yellow jacket one day. 
but you're no longer a super. Stronger player. argument: Jody Nelson, best wide receiver, or Larry Fitzgerald, the third best wide receiver on his own team. Well, the, that's not the last one mm. is not a strong argument because he's way better than Michael Floyd. He hasn't topped a thousand yards in three straight seasons. That's what I said. There was a. Five. I know. I'm just saying yeah. that's that's like. He's, he's already numbers wise. He's already not in the superstar club. He's, he's used a, differently in in Bruce Arians' offense than he used to be used. He plays a lot more slot and he doesn't run the same routes. But there was a five game window last year when Palmer was healthy and before Fitzgerald's knee injury, where I thought he looked every bit as good as he did. But he gets hurt during now the too. Super Bowl. I, that's part that's of it. Part You're of right. It. That's getting part of it. older, and I knew there would be someone in the group that would feel this way. Wes, it, it's you. I don't like being the guy that has to escort him out. I, you think I feel good about this, Wes? I feel like he's easily the best receiver on their team, and I think he's got – He's still a superstar a, wide receiver. I think he's got a 1,300-yard season in him this year. I think if you're if you're drafting – well, you might be an exception. But if I was drafting a team and I was taking which receivers do I want this year, I mean, is Fitzgerald in the top 15 right now? That's a good question. Well, the, out of the, how many superstar receivers are there in the club? It can't <laughs> just be all receivers. All right, I'm I'm uh, getting a little emotional. I get that. I am too. Still I'm not very, happy about it. Still a very good receiver. It's like the hard knock scene where the coach calls in the guy that he really respects, mm. like the vet, the old grizzled vet who's done everything that's been asked of him. He's been a great teammate and a leader, and almost having another coach on the field. But, uh, it just got to it's got to end at some point. Well, I'm going to carousel comes to a stop. I'm going bold. Larry Fitzgerald Pro Bowl season this year. Mm. So I like I would be happy if it happened. My my last guy I'm kicking out of the club is really along along those same lines. Jeff Cumberland. <laughs> <laughs> guy we've we've watched a long time. I think he's going to make the Hall of Fame. Frank Gore. But uh maybe lacking a little sizzle that he used to have. Handsome man, nice dimples often uh on NFL Network. DeMarcus Ware. Mm. Good player, but let's you know everyone was like, okay. Where well, he had a good season with Denver. It's like go back and think the last few years. Where where are those memorable Demarcus Ware plays and moments? I mean, he he gets his numbers, he gets his sacks. I don't think he's at the same game wrecking level that uh, he used to be. Smart personnel move by the Cowboys. I like that you went to his dimples. I would have never known. That I didn't DeMarcus even know he had. Ware. Now I I gotta give a shout out to uh, Frags. You know. Alex, Michelle Alex Regola. Regola downstairs. Oh, yes. she, She's never listened to the show, but no, she never will yeah. either. But she'll now be told she got a shout out. Uh, she pointed that out. Best, best in the NFL. She said maybe his snaps go down a little bit this year. Shane Ray, they draft him. I mean, they're going to play him a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, our guy Kevin Patrick is in Ohio this week for the rookie symposium. We should call him on Thursday. We're, let's do that. Let's and uh, he talked to Shane Ray. Shane Ray said he's going to be defensive rookie of the year. Wow. So if that's going to happen, and who would lie to Kevin Patra? <laughs> I wouldn't, uh, unless you're looking for a knuckle sandwich. <laughs> just saying where, you know, backs off a little. You got Von Miller, you got Sean Ray, Shane Ray, where backs off. All right, and then who takes his spot? Well, then the, the, nat- the natural guy was uh, coached by the same guy who coached DeMarcus Ware last year, Jack Del Rio, who says Khalil Max stronger than Von Miller and – he he can stop the run. He can do a little bit of everything. He can throw people around. And this year, I think he's going to finish some of those plays where he just hit the quarterback. He'll get those sacks. And, look, everyone knows he's great already. He made a Pro Bowl. But I think he could have the chance to be the type of guy you're talking about as a top five NFL you know, defensive player. Yeah, I think the question with him is, you know, disruption is important, but you have to get the sacks. And can can he be a 15-sack guy or is he a 9-sack Usually guy? leads to that. Cameron Wake was a little bit like this for a minute, you know, getting a lot of yeah. hurries and QB hits. I, I think he'll get it. Gentlemen, you've brought order to the chaos of the Superstar Club. <laughs> One comes in, one's got to go out, and we did what we did, and now we'll see if we're right. I'm sure we won't be in many cases. And if that's the case, we'll never talk of this ever again. Mark will be sure to point it out. <laughs> Mark loves pointing out when we're wrong. Yeah, well, I guess what? Uh, Mark's got another thing on his hands after what TD did, a little verbal assassination. <laughs> It'd be funny if TD gave Mark the MVP award for this show. <laughs> TD, uh, it is that time of the show. It is that time of the show. MVP. Yeah, just real quick. Uh, before I hand out MVP, I have a guy on Twitter. You're making progress, TD, by the way. This is the first time I actually remembered this you is part of the show. You actually asked for it, I know. <laughs> Position um, for MVP votes over here. Greg we, we have a guy called James Higgleson who says that he's been giving out podcast MVPs <laughs> through the months, and he deserves a shout-out. Who, Higgles? 
Yeah, Hegels. So um, he sent me some couple couple of uh, examples of his podcast MVPs, and his just like mine. Never Mark Sessa actually never won. So. <laughs> oh. just, just pointing that out. But for today's show, I'll be completely no honest. I really don't know, but um, I'll go with Dan because this oh. is your idea coming up with this during your meal, and you know it's a good it was a good segment. So I'll go ah. with you. You don't feel like Higgs is stepping on your toes for this? No, it's fine. I give. Well, that if you've noticed, once once Sully decided he wants, he to wants try to, to do it out, we never saw Sully again. Not behind the glass. <laughs> Higgs. Dan thanks to... you for the most lukewarm MVP. <laughs> I'll take it. I got the hardware. Yeah, Higgs wants this to be called the James of the day. I don't know about that, Higgs. But the, the James what? The James of the day because wow. his name is James. That's not. Oh, uh, that's yeah, probably that's not, not going to happen. But yeah. feel free to continue to award me. Higgs has gotten plenty <laughs> of pop from this whole bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like Joey Watts. That's, that's a word enough. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you very much, TD. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Like I said, we'll have maybe a special guest in the chair in Mark's spot and get uh, Kevin Patrick coming at you on the phone. This is Dan Hansis signing off for the mailman, the boss, TD, and the Irishman behind the glass. Till Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.